Master Bowman podcast. If you're obsessed with the strategies, gear, and stories that will make you a better backcountry bow hunter, you're in the right place. We're independent, unsponsored, and unbiased, so we can cut the fluff and give you detailed advice on what really works and what doesn't. Today's episode is all about the April check-in. We're talking about the three things you should be doing to get ready for the fall elk season and a really cool trip that Josh has coming up in the next week. Uh, Josh, I'm pretty jealous, man. I got to admit. <laughs> I was going to start with something like that. Uh, yeah, I feel quite lucky and we'll touch on it at the end, but uh, I got a pretty insane bow hunting trip planned. I would have never thought I'd be going bow hunting in April for big game. Yep. So we'll tease that there. <laughs> but, uh, tease it. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's a perfect dovetail in April. Like we talked about, there's so many, uh, let's hold on, hold on. Let's reset the clock here. We are now 16 weeks, probably 15 weeks when we record this away from elk season. That's mind blowing. That's not that long at all. Right. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Yeah. So close. So it's kind of the time when everyone starts picking their head up. It's now spring. We're all going, Oh man, we got to get ready. Um, hopefully you're doing that because in the year of COVID we'll get to this later too. There's a lot of stuff that's not going to go smoothly. So um, yeah, really, really crazy. But I think the first of the three things we wanted to talk about today is getting out and shooting the bow, right? And you've been, you've been shooting a lot lately, I, I believe, especially prepping for your upcoming trip. Yeah, I have. I took the bow out because I've been traveling in Airbnbs and stuff. It's been harder to shoot. You know, I don't just set it up in my backyard. So, um, I took the bow out, t- uh, like 10 days ago for the first time in three months, wow. two months. Yeah. The whole January, February, March only shot like one day in there, I think. But uh, yeah, so I just started getting reps in. I turned the weight down like two full turns mm-hmm. and just started to shoot blank bailing in this tiny little apartment. Um, yeah, <laughs> 30 arrows a day. Then I did like 50 the other day, took it to the outdoor range. And my, I guess maybe because I'm young, my arm's gotten back to where it needs to be. And then yeah. I was lifting this like, like a 20 pound kettlebell. I would just do 10 reps each arm, but I would do that like five, six, seven times throughout the day randomly between yeah. meetings. So just slowly build that shoulder up while not getting sore and then just shooting a bunch. And it's, I, I'm only one full turn down from where I was last year in elk season. So probably about 54 pounds. So not, not terrible. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think you, I mean, you hit on a bunch of key things. Like then there's definitely a reason this is number one, like, most people have not shot their bow much during the winter. Like we, we had a pretty funny journey where we were both in California all last winter and it wasn't a COVID season and everything was pretty mellow. Um, not this last winter, but the winter before, sorry, 1920 winter. Um, but that's not really the realistic expectation for 90% of guys. And so they don't really go out and shoot. And I think one of the things I like about you is you kind of make a practice out of stuff, but it's as easy as just setting up your, you know, your target, like you said, just on the counter right? Or on your dresser. I used to do that <laughs> when I lived in San Francisco, right? Put the put the thing right on the dresser and just, like you said, blank bail it or shoot it from five feet away. And that's some of the best practice you can get. Just get 10 arrows in and then just a little bit of weightlifting. So they're all super good things. And the other one that's definitely worth highlighting is that turning down the bow. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done this a lot. And I think a lot of people, if you listen to the other episodes on tuning and other stuff and you don't want to touch anything you can actually get away with tur- like turning the revolutions the exact same amount down and up and the tune will come right back hmm. so you know for my wife and i if we're if i haven't shot for a bit or she hasn't shot we'll 
drop it, like you said, two or three turns um, on the top or bottom bolt and just make sure it's always indexed where it's like perfectly 12 to 12 o'clock, right? right? So you know it's exactly three turns and we'll just do that coming back. And the, t- the tunes have almost always gone right back. So perfect thing for folks that are getting back into it, you know, drop your bow poundage. Don't rip your shoulder. We've talked about that in the past. Mm-hmm. Go blank bail a bit. And like, that's, that's a really good way to get started for the season. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's on the archery side. Uh, and then I shot at an indoor range in here in Arizona um, and shot 275 for 300. So it, it doesn't go away fully. Like there, there's mm-hmm. still a lot of unconscious skill that you built up from last season or just from practicing archery that'll, yeah. it, it'll come back like riding a bike almost. Totally. Um, yeah. Well, I think it's a good, I mean, it's hard to harp on that one enough. We're going to, you know, we always harp on physical fitness, spoiler alert, that's coming, but, <laughs> but like the bow, I think other than physical fitness, like your shooting skill and your confidence and how well you shoot is just so big. Cause it makes you make different tactical and strategic even decisions because mm-hmm. the way you think about shooting an elk is, you know, you're not like, oh, I got to get this perfect 30 yard broadside shot, right? It's like, well, I'm very confident making that quartering away 50 yard shot. Right. So it's a, it's a huge difference in how you approach. We've done the, if folks want to go back um, to the either practice episode, the math that I like to tell people and walk them through is that when you're shooting a bow, it's actually the area of a circle, right? Not a straight line uh, because you know, it could, you could shoot 360 degrees. So shooting the difference between shooting 20 and 40 yards is not twice as much. It's like I can't remember the math now, but I think it's like three or four times as much because mm-hmm. the area of that circle between 20 and 40 yards is so much bigger than the circle between zero and 20, right? Um, pi R squared and all that geeky stuff, right? But that, again, all these reasons just to hammer it into people that an extra 10 yards of range is huge in elk season could be the the difference. And you've got uh, another trip coming up where range is pretty important. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, shooting on my knees too. That's been mm-hmm. interesting. Um, and also a good test to see if you're both, if you're overbowed on the, yeah. Yeah. If you're pulling too much weight, you, you should be able to sit, you know, crisscross applesauce and pull back totally fine without torquing yeah, yeah. the whole body. Um, so that's been good, but uh, yeah, the arrows are good. It's I've moved the rest. It's tuned a little bit. Um, tuned at least better not super tuned like where you get your stuff but uh yeah, yeah. how about you on the archery side you, you've been shooting yeah a little bit yeah well, that's a good uh I mean, that's a good observation too just i think we got your bow so tuned perfectly like down the pipe everyone always gives me a little crud for how much i tune <laughs> but uh, if you get the the bow tuned perfectly with the arrow you know the the rest at center shot mm-hmm. like that that gives you a little leeway to go left or right you know so when mm. a situation like this pops up, you don't have to do a massive tune. You can just kind of slide the the rest a little bit one way or the other versus if you tuned in the first place by moving the rest way out of whack, now you've got nowhere else to go. Right, interesting. So it's a really cool thing is your string and your your cable stretch. Um, so yeah, I've been shooting a good amount. Shot three, three four times a week outdoors for the past two weeks. I'm currently on vacation now and uh, the islands of the Bahamas, I know life is hard. <laughs> but uh <laughs> we're shooting a bunch before that but i, mean, I think some other things that definitely recommend folks um this one this one came up when we pulled the bows out um you looked at the my wife's bow and went hey like she's been shooting for two years on that string and that's generally the life of any string uh for you probably even less because you shoot a lot right but for most folks shooting a moderate amount like you don't really want to shoot more than about two seasons with a, a string um 
that's kind of the general life of it. Cause trust me, you don't want to test the boundaries where that thing breaks. Right. 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 Um, so I think now is a, like we're ordering her a string. It's a really good time to do that. Cause it's going to take a month for folks to get that mm-hmm. string back to you. Cause they're always custom, right? They're very rarely just on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Uh, and definitely if you're getting a string, don't go buy it from the manufacturer. Again, we're not sponsored. We don't make earn kudos from this, but like the sponsor string is they're good. They're okay. And the stock strings have gotten so much better than they used to be, but a custom string from someone who hand makes them tensions it to a hundred pounds, pre-stretches it. Uh, when they serve it, they get the wax out of it. Then they reserve it. You know, that, that level of attention to detail doesn't happen in a factory string. Um, go get that quality string, get it in a sweet color. You like, I like to get uh, white servings put on cause they turn clear under pressure with the wax. You get a, uh, you know, other than the center serving, like a cool looking string that, you know, looks like it's all one color. And so go get something cool and put it on and, or have your bow shop put it on. And that gives you a long time to tune and get ready. We talked about building arrows last time too, but if you got those two things set now in April, May, um, you're not doing the worst thing possible, which is what I did two or three years ago, which is tuning that last week or two, which is just a mess. Right. <laughs> so it's a really um, good time to get that set. Cause if you're practicing all summer long with that stuff, then you feel super confident with it. Oh yeah. Like last year I was practicing, I was practicing from November all the way till September. And that I felt that was the thing I was most confident in going into archery season or going into elk season mm-hmm. was uh, shooting, which is a good feeling because it all comes down to that moment. If you get lucky enough. Yeah. And it's so mental too. And like the, we've talked about how the equipment feeds into the mental side of it. But if you, you know, if you switch string a month before season and like you've had a really tough, tough time tuning it. And like, there's that kind of thing in the back of your head. Right. I mean, I didn't take that shot at that elk at 72 yards that one season because I just didn't think the tune was good enough. Right. Um, and the wind was not great, but like that's there. Right. And so if you've been shooting for two or three months, with the same exact setup you take out of the field, you're like, no, I know this and I know it's good. Uh, right. That's huge. And that's, it's hard to underrate that. Right. Yeah. yeah. You can definitely do it the day before, but that's, you can't get that the day before. Yeah. And then, um, for people who are interested in like learning how to tune their bow, Baxter wrote a, actually looked at it just this last week, the article will scroll down to the rest part, but, uh, it's called bow tuning made easy seven steps to a perfect flight. You can just Google that online, type in Baxter Bowman, you'll find it. Uh, or just go straight to the website, baxterbowman.com, click on the hunt elk series, uh, scroll down, you'll find it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's helpful for tuning. Totally. And it's everyone tuning is really not that hard. Like if you have a bow press, um, and a, uh, draw board, you can do it yourself. It's easy, right? It's really easy. It's just experimenting. Um, and you can do it in a 10 by 10 room with bare shafts. And I walk through the whole way I do that. Everyone thinks you need to paper tune. You really don't need a paper tuning jig. You can do all that stuff. It's super fun. So if people have questions, they can just shoot me a note and I love to geek out on it. But, uh, again, it's the same thing. If you know your, know your equipment, you go into the field and you know, like if you go out there, Josh, and you knock your bow off something and it's slightly out of tune to the right, you know, hey, I can just move the rest. And you're like, I feel really confident. That's great. Right. Versus, you know, someone else might have to go take a whole day out of their week and drive down to a bow shop in Colorado, which might be slammed with people already. Right. Um, so it's a really, really cool process. So yeah, now's a great time. You were saying just get your bow totally tuned up and ready to roll. And, you know, if, if not, just learn a little bit about tuning yourself. Why not? 
Yeah. And then anything else on the bow, um, arrows, uh, anything else on setup that we should touch on? I don't think so. I mean, I think arrow wise, like we've, we've talked about this a little bit, especially with your upcoming trip, but you know, I usually build a really good dozen and I've actually used the same dozen for like a year and a half, two years now, mm-hmm. two, yeah, over two years, two seasons. Cause I don't, I don't ever really lose arrows, um, even at a hundred yards. And that's not me bragging. That's me saying I shoot at giant hay bales in most targets. Uh, but I do know folks that shoot really aggressive 3D courses and lose a lot of arrows. So my general advice is like the string and the other stuff. I wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't go build a set now and then go build a set two weeks before the season starts. Like if you're going to build a set, just build two dozen, you know, right, right. build your elk arrows and build all two dozen and just, you know, know you're going to lose a bunch and going into season with 15 arrows or something's great. Uh, it's funny you bring that up. I have 15 arrows and uh, broadheads on uh, enough broadheads for all. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you're, you're going to a target rich environment. So we'll see, <laughs> we'll see what happens. There. We're just teasing this the whole time. Poor people listening, but uh, we'll get there. Right. Um, yeah. I think that's it on the boats. I, mean, I think that's everything, but now is definitely the right time for that. Cause kicking it off in a month or two is it's too late. Like no question. And yeah. also, we're going to hit on this a little bit, but it's COVID. Maybe I just do it now, but like a COVID year, you know, ever after the hunger games and a lot of the new elk stuff on YouTube, like it's been a popular sport. And, and I, I think you experienced some of this last year, like things sell out and it's hard to get stuff like in archery's niche enough. You can't just buy it on Amazon. So that's already the state of archery. And I think that, uh, COVID has made it really hard to get a lot of equipment and made outdoor sports insanely popular. So that combo is a really bad combo going into this year. Uh, so I would, anyone that's buying anything, I would be buying it now. We talked about that last episode, but uh, that that definitely applies to arrows, that applies to bow strings, that applies to any of these deals because it's going to be, I mean, every year, even in a non-COVID year, we saw backpacks sell out in like July and everyone's like, oh my gosh, I'm leaving in a month and a half. I need one. Um, so if that's happening most years, that's probably going to happen in May, even late April this year. So, yeah, I tried to buy a camping chair the other day and it was already sold out the one I wanted. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that goes through, yeah. Backpacking food. I remember last year I wanted to try out some of Heather's choice stuff. Um, and they were all sold out pretty early. So mm-hmm. yeah, all kinds of backpacking food, uh, you can pick up now and they, they, I mean, the shelf life on those are pretty much forever. So yeah, it's never, never too early to buy. Yeah. And we did that whole episode during the Hunt Elk in 2020 series about like the gear you need and like when to buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, so people can go back and look at that one. I would just say add a month or two to that. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Like if I said, look at it in, cause I think we always talked about buying food in like April, May, cause it's even earlier because it's so much cheaper and more available. Like you get mm-hmm. a double whammy. Uh, but I would say, you know, make that February, March. Right. So if you haven't bought food, start buying it now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, Don't get me started, man. I can get down this whole, <laughs> whole thing. Yeah, you've had some trouble getting some things this year. Yeah. Um, on the uh, general reminders um, train, I guess the next one is um, a recommendation you actually gave me my first year uh, before I got into elk hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was still learning about like just outdoorsmanship in general. Um, and so you told me, go camp. Like, if you're going to yeah. go elk hunting solo, go camp, go backpack solo. Uh-huh. Um, and then I actually got to do it in Colorado in elk country uh, to try to just see what the environment is like and whatnot. Um, 
So yeah, you want to touch on that a little bit? I thought thought that was great advice for a newbie like me when I first started. Totally. And I think it's, there's a reason we're bringing this up. So for folks that aren't tracking, this is number two of the three things we wanted to talk about for April. It's like, go take a trip, right? Like go, go get somewhere, maybe not in April, but like at least plan it in April. Um, but I think that's, that's one of the most critical parts about prepping for elk season. It's one of the few things you can do, uh, that actually will genuinely help you prepare ahead of time, right? Like you can do, you can get fit, you can shoot your bow, uh, but you can't really go like actively hunt an elk. You can't really go, you know, hang out in the mountains, but you can go solo camp or use your exact setup. Uh, I think that's two things. One is like, it l- teaches you mentally how to deal with stuff and what you're going to experience when you're back there. And I think that's probably the biggest fear for anyone that's like new or hasn't done a bunch of solo hunting or things like that. So for you newbies, that's huge. Like it really helps you understand what, what that's going to be like. It takes away a lot of fear, right? Cause not only are you hunting for the first time elk or coming out West for the first time, but then you've got a whole totally new experience. So at least you can do away with that. But getting back to my earlier rant, I think that it really helps you shake out your equipment. Like no matter how well you know, something works or we say it's great. It might not work for you or the piece you got is, def- you know, faulty or whatever. And warranties don't matter if it's mid season, like it's too late, you know, <laughs> you can't get a tent in a day in elk season. Right. Um, so going out there and spending time in with your stuff and getting used to it is huge, especially this year, I'll harp on it again. If you go out there and you fear you need to make a change, like you got to be able to have time to buy it and you know, get it. Right. So I think we talked about in the series last year, Josh, I think we talked about going like June, July, mm-hmm. uh, which still in most places with a lot of snow, that might be reality. But, you know, I would say even a mini trip in like April, May would be better because you really, you'll have time at least to get some, some new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Test out all the gear. Um, and for me, I was, I think that was my first like out of state solo backpacking trip, you know, mm-hmm. learning about Onyx maps, driving to the down where i thought was the right way to go and then like pulling up to a gate to private and having to go all the way around like just start the trip off like that like so much being learning how to be comfortable out there like reading the maps all that um definitely prepped me prepped me really well <laughs> no, yeah, yeah totally it would no, have been great so example. overwhelming I, I would have been so overwhelmed going into elk season if i didn't have that experience yeah well it's a perfect example of the things you can't even plan or think through like I guess I'm famous for being a little detail-oriented and maniacal, but (laughs) (laughs) like that, for example, a lot of people don't even understand that like Google Maps and even Onyx, like the roads they've got on those aren't always open, right? Mm -hmm. So if you go do a scouting trip, you might learn that fact, which could save your elk season, right? I mean, your your two or three-year spots could be unaccessible. So just a little tiny detail like that, make or break, just taking one weekend to go backpacking, huge. And, uh, you know, for folks that are either comfortable with traveling or been vaccinated or had COVID, like now is a really good time to travel. Um, I mean, flights are cheap. They're cancelable. No one's out there. Like, yeah, if you can't go backpacking in your home state, just grab a cheap flight to Arizona or, you know, like Colorado or low parts of Idaho, go for a backpacking trip, you know, have some fun. Yeah. So. So we're all been quarantined now is like the perfect time to do it. Uh, take the family, yeah. double whammy. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then last topic that we always harp on that we've realized is the one that never goes away. The physical training. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's your physical training been like? 
I think we're we're setting this up where like every month one of the three is almost always physical fitness. Hopefully that drills <laughs> it in enough, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been doing a lot, you know, we've talked about my theory of fitness, like I gotta keep it exciting and new. Um mm-hmm. we've done two big things this this month. One is we invested in building a home gym, which is pretty oh, cool. Oh, nice. So that that all comes together next week. We got a you know a, a huge rack. Oh, a like squat a, rack. Squat, yeah, like a squat cage, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do pull-ups yeah, yeah. in it, do squats, do everything. We got bars, we got plates. The, the nice. work is not cheap, but uh, I think the reality of having, uh, you know, my wife at home with the kids and she can't even go to a gym when they reopen, we're like, okay, that's worthwhile. So I'm not mm-hmm. saying everyone can do that, but uh, coming up with a home routine, you know, just st- stupid stuff like push-ups and sandbag get-ups and other stuff. I've been doing random things with that. Um but mostly I've been spending a ton of times outdoors, mountain biking, um, doing three things really mountain biking tons, two or three times a week, up and down, really good fitness, uh, running, you know, the days when I just want to go do something quick, a 30, 45 minute run. Uh, it's a great way to keep in shape. And then weighted packing, namely with a little baby, <laughs> <laughs> Nice, about 20 pounds now. So that kid is, oh dang. he's yeah, getting into right. the, you know, with an eight pound baby pack and then some water in there. He's getting into the 30, 35 pound range. There you go. So, uh, you got taking him for, for hikes, um, family event, right? That's a super good way to prep. Nice. Doing all three of those things. Um, <laughs> it was awesome. in really, really good shape before it came down here. Um, and I'm a big proponent of taking a week off every now and then. So I think I'm going to come back rested and super refreshed. Oh man, that's sweet. Yeah. I, uh, I'm always up and down with the physical side, but I remember last episode, I was like, Hey, yeah, I really got to get on it. And then this upcoming trip really kind of kicked me into gear. So been running yeah. a lot. Uh, did a nice eight mile hike yesterday with our friend D. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was good. And, uh, it's, it's nice. I've been running, doing some kettlebell stuff, and then just jumping straight into the hot tub for like 20 minutes after. <laughs> Apparently, it helps build endurance with like the heat shock proteins and all this, <laughs> keeping your heart rate up and whatnot. Apparently, it's a good, good science, you know, justify <laughs> getting in a hot tub. Yeah. So, yeah. Apparently, they did the study with saunas, but I think hot tub might be similar. Um, I'm buying it. <laughs> yeah. So that's been good. I, I definitely feel my cardio shape increasing a little bit. Um, yeah. I've been running for, again, for the last three weeks, like pretty, actually I've never really stopped running. It was just how frequent it was. And now it's mm-hmm. been like daily. So that's good. Sweet. Um, physical, what else? That's about it. I think, yeah. 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 Eventually I'll get a gym membership when things are open back up, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, well, let's say, uh, I mean, I think with the gym stuff, we've talked about this before. Like, I really, I think most people spend way too much time in a gym for elk cutting. Mm. It's just like pure strength. And so, you know, if it's just picking up a, picking up something heavy a few times a day, you know, or like you said, a kettlebell or a, it's not like, you know, strongman type competition. So mm-hmm. uh, just building that, that top end for the endurance, really. Wait, so you're saying I don't need to do, five sets of 100 bicep curls yeah right <laughs> bicep curls are probably the worst thing you could do for all cutting <laughs> yeah they make you look good though right that's what that's what matters uh what's important man yeah. <laughs> exactly but okay well enough of the like we've hit all three like let's get into the real stuff what are you doing josh where are you going uh yeah like, you're taking you're taking prepping for the season to the next level 
I know I got super lucky. It just worked out. I am going to get some really good spot and stocking practice on some really small animals in Hawaii. But uh, mm-hmm. we are going bow hunting for axis deer. I'll be there from April 15th to the 19th. So uh, wait, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, five day hunts, uh, five day, days of hunting, um, which is going to be insane. I, I still can't believe it. I'm like, just trying to contain my excitement. Ah, oh, it's just killing me over here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, we invited you. <laughs> you did. He did to his credit. But yes, yeah, work out with this vacation, a lot of other stuff. It's such yeah. a cool, like of all the all the off-season opportunities we talked about a few months ago, this has got to be number one. It's such a cool trip, man. I'm so excited for you. You're going to have a blast. Dude, I can't believe it's actually happening. I remember I remember us recording the off-season opportunity episode this year about Hawaii and all the learnings and the tips. And I just remember coming off that recording being like, man, that sounds like the a boot camp in learning how to spot and stock. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't have thought of better practice for elk season and uh, had a friend with a connection and hopefully we'll get him on the podcast as well. Um, but yeah, we'll have some learnings from after that I can't wait to talk about it too. Uh, or maybe I'm going to come back and be like, I missed the biggest bug I've ever seen in my life and I quit. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I was cool. just, uh, I, I was telling our friend D and uh, that my bar, I guess that I want to set for this trip is like, as if I get to fling one arrow, mm-hmm. whether or not I shoot, get anything I, that I will be super happy with because that'll be progress in me becoming a better bow hunter. Mm-hmm. Because I haven't gotten to fling an arrow at a at a big game animal yet, and so if I get that chance, that's one step closer. One, one that's progress, and and I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Well, that's that's awesome. Set set realistic expectations and mm-hmm. have a good time. But I don't. I mean, it's hard to say with access deer. I mean, it's the same with elk. Like I would I would hope people understand this, but it's every one of them is a trophy and with a bow and like the meat, especially with axis deer, the meat is unbelievably good. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool. Cause you kind of just, it's like, if I shoot any of them, I, I had an amazing time. Yeah. Right? It's not like got to go shoot some giant buck or something like that. Right. And also um, from a conservation perspective, this is one of those hunts that like, I think anyone could get behind, like a lot of non hunters will be like, mm-hmm. wow, hunting's really cool because, uh, Maui County earlier this year was declared to be in a state of emergency, uh, partly because of drought, partly because of the insane overpopulation of access deer over there. And it's destroying mm-hmm. a bunch of farmland and agriculture, uh, encroaching on the people. I think there's like over a hundred thousand access deer, something like that. It's yeah, ridiculous. It's, yeah. They're everywhere all over the place and there's yeah. no predators, right? So they, the only way you control them is hunting. Right. And so they're, they're dying out there by the truckload, uh, because of the drought, there's not enough food for them. So we'll be able to help, help a little bit with that. Um, maybe if we bring out the rifle, one of the days, we'll... I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I think yeah. what we're going to do is bring the rifle out the first day as for groceries and yep. you know, donate a bunch of meat to the locals, keep a bunch of ourselves, put it in the freezer. Yeah. Um, and then just go for the bow, uh, after that, for the adventure of it. Yeah, no, I think there's, you can strike this purist mindset of, yeah, I got to do bow and do X, Y, Z. But honestly, like I love hunting with the rifle pretty much as much as the bow. I just spend most of my time hunting with the bow because I only have a limited amount of time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's, if you want to get food, like there's no better way to do it 
you know, the, the archery side of access to your hunting is hard. So I definitely, that's something we considered doing the last time I was there was bringing a rifle just to make sure we had some, some meat, something I will do, uh, going back just cause you know, if you get one or two access deer in a, most places you're doing really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you want to go home with a lot, they're like 20 pounds of meat for those that aren't familiar, they're not much. <laughs> so right. for those that want to go home with a hundred pounds of meat and two fish boxes and have a good, like unbelievably good tasting stuff for the year, you know, you probably should take a rifle. <laughs> oh, I'm getting so excited. Yeah. Didn't really realize how much meat I might bring back. Um, but Baxter, any parting like advice for me, you know, like I'm leaving in a few, I'm leaving in a, like a week ish. What's the top of mind advice that you give to a newbie? Yeah, it's hard because we've kind of had some of these conversations offline, right? I did, we did the whole like rehash of the Hawaii one of like, this is how you hunt them, this is what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, uh, I think the only advice I'd say is just like, enjoy it, mm-hmm. you know, step back and like realize just how lucky you are to go do that. It's so cool because <laughs> yeah. um, this, I think if you view this as like purely prep and purely upside to get you ready for elk season, mm-hmm. it's going to all be good. Yeah. Like you said, so even if you miss something or you don't get something or whatever it is, you're going to be like, I'm so excited because I learned this and I learned that and I did X or Y. Um, I mean, I think if you put in the hours, you put the time, you could get some. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying, I think that going into it with like that vacation and enjoyment mindset, um, that's what the outdoors is, right? Like that's what it's all about. And so I think it's going to be like such an incredible trip from a lot of standpoints. So pretty, oh pretty man, for you. I was expecting something like, all right, when you're spawning and stalking, you got to stay in the shade or like make sure to keep, you know, but it, yeah. no, it's the sage wise advice of have fun. <laughs> None of this yeah. is worth it if it's not fun. <laughs> I feel like what have we been doing for the past year and a half, right? We've been, you've, you've probably heard all that stuff at least once, you know, like <laughs> you, you, uh, you, you, if not, you can go listen to the episodes or whatever. I'm, I have confidence, you know what to do. Um, so I think it's more just like going and enjoying it, figuring it out. Cause like as, as much as we talk about this stuff here, uh, that's why I love hunting. Like just to wax poetic for a minute, like you can't read it all in a book. You can't get it all from a podcast. You can't, as much as I try, get it all from a blog series or a course. It's uh, something that you just, every time you go out, you know, today I was fly fishing uh, for bonefish, right? When else am I going to be able to say that? Um, it, every day you learn something new, like the way you drop the fly and the way they need to see it with one eye and the way you twitch it, you know, to make it look like a crab, right? There's, there's just little things you learn. You can never figure out other ways. So I think that's the journey. And that's what, if you really enjoy something, you will, will make you stick with, with hunting and fishing and the outdoors. Um, it's just that ever never ending process of learning. So I think, uh, this trip for you is going to be just like learning on steroids. Cause you're going to be, you're going to be seeing axis deer, multiple times a day it's gonna be more can you get close and get the shot so you're really cool oh, man, i'm just so excited um but yeah it is that experience that just keeps us coming back and uh keeps us i, I was gonna say keeps us young <laughs> yeah but uh seriously like just constant learning it's never gonna be same ah oh, i just can't wait i think if this goes well i'm gonna go back like every year if i can oh totally if i'm yeah, lucky I'm, enough to do I'm so there with you <laughs> oh yeah come yeah. through next year and for um, folks that are you know hearing this, going, oh, Josh is a lucky dog. He is, but uh, <laughs> there's, I mean, there's turkey season coming up. Yeah. There's pigs. You can go to a lot of states that are dirt cheap. You can go hunt. Um, what else is there? There's yeah, there's feral deer and you know Texas, a few other states that let you hunt all year round. Um, I mean, there's lots of opportunities. We talked about it in the off season stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's there's plenty of chances to go out there and get after it, right? Like, 
I think everyone's kind of felt like they're living in a box, but it's not that hard to go get it. Yeah. Actually, if I could go back in time before elk season um, is I wish I had just done some more small game hunting, like with a bow and just Mm -hmm. hunt squirrels, just get repetitions under my belt of like shooting animals. Yeah. Um, And yeah, it hurts. I hear squirrel when you fry it up, it tastes pretty good too. So (laughs) I I haven't tried that one yet, but maybe (laughs) got enough elk meat. That's my, uh, that's my, that's your excuse. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. People, if people know me long enough, I I eat anything. (laughs) Well, I might have to, maybe I'll put you on record here. Maybe we'll have to do a little elk meat for axis deer swap here in the fall. Oh yeah. Of course. uh, course. Although I do owe you some for packing out. Let's be clear. Just a little bit. (laughs) Half of it, right? (laughs) Yes, definitely. I will be when I'm, when I'm there this fall, when we're together, I will be barbecuing a lot for, for you and D and everybody. Nice. Um, It's going to be good times. Yeah. Awesome. Well, summing it up for folks right? They need to uh, go out, shoot your bow, get the arrows ready, get the string. If you're going to do it, start tuning it, you know, enjoy the process. You know, second one, plan that trip, find something you're doing, whether it's doing what Josh is doing, or it's just a random weekend to go test out your gear, even backpacking in your backyard, whatever it is, like get that set, get that ready, start buying stuff. If you haven't, if you didn't listen to us last month, like <laughs> here's your second chance. Right. Mm-hmm. And then always, always can be fit to fit impossible. So I think those are all really good things to be hitting in April. Like those are, that's on track, but man, 15 weeks, we're not far. It's time. Yeah. It takes a while to build that cardio base to start running. If anything, just start running it. Yeah. All the time. Uh, anyway, we can go on and on, but, um, yeah, to end, I uh, just want to remind people we Baxter will be answering questions and I will try to help or at least read them. And so you can email, uh, Baxter hunting at gmail.com. Or just go right to uh, baxterbowman.com, click that, hit that uh, contact form, submit a question. And um, yeah, we will be answering your listener questions on the show. Yeah. And don't worry, Josh will be giving us a full hunt report after this. So oh, stay yeah. tuned.